When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another video from Fantasy Football Scout. My name is Az and I'm joined by my favourite co-host, but don't tell Mark. Aww. It's Sam from a Feel Family. How are you, Sam? <laughs> oh, I feel so much better now. What an intro that was. Lee just never say that. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, you know, clearly, clearly we know who... Um, who, who, who you're the favourite of. Uh, <laughs> um, so we've got a, a packed one today. Um, I was building the screens for this and I kind of, yeah, I was halfway through and I was like, wow, this is going to take us a hell of a long time uh, to get through. Um, so there will be timestamps um, on this video that I'll make sure are added. And yeah, so you might not want to take the whole thing. I reckon it's going to be about an hour, something like that. But seeing as the transfer window has just closed, I thought it was a good idea for us to go through not just the deadline day signings, because there's quite a few of those, but also talk about all the other signings that there's been throughout it's been a crazy transfer window really for a lot of clubs uh so yeah we're going to cover every team all the signings and what they kind of mean for fpl and how we think it's going to impact on the sides themselves before we do that i've got a quiz not just for you sam but for anyone listening <laughs> so grab a pen and paper and the answers to these will be revealed as we go through so i've got four questions for you so i just want you to write down answers to these four questions firstly without looking without cheating obviously uh who spent the most money who was the biggest net spenders in the league so in terms of incomings and outgoings who had uh the most sort of you know the, the lower the high i don't know how to, how to, how to best say it who spent, uh, who, spent the who, mo- spent the most? <laughs> who spent the most compared to how much they got in from transfer revenue? Um, and the flip side of that, who has the positive net spenders? So who got in more than they spent? That's the easiest way of saying, it, isn't it? Who took in more than they spent? Those two. Uh, there were six teams that had a positive net spend in the league out of 20 teams. So twen- uh, six out of 20 teams actually took in more money than they spent. Who were they? Oh my gosh, this is a lot of questions. <laughs> the first one is easy, to be fair. Uh, the first one I knew. The second one, I think I know. <laughs> this one could just be a bit of a guess. And the last question is, there were seven clubs who had a net spend over 50 million. Who were they? So seven teams had a net spend over 50 million pounds. Who were they? 
And the answers will be revealed as we go. Um, you got some you got some answers down, Sam? I got some. What was the last one? Over 50 million yep. net spend. Net spend over 50 million. Well, I've only got five clubs for that one. Oh, stick that one as well then. <laughs> um some of them uh, you would expect you'd expect, some of them are a bit more surprising. Right. Let's go. So we're going to go straight into uh, the easy question, which was who was the biggest net spender? The biggest net spender was, of course, Arsenal. Did you have Arsenal, Sam? Yes, Good. I did have yep. Arsenal. Yep. So out of Yay. everyone in the league, Arsenal uh, had a net spend of the most money. I've got some graphics on the screen. They're all from Transfer Market. It's a great site where you can see all the incomings and outgoings and those other stats uh sorry if the if the if the quality isn't that good um but i did my best so you can see them um so arsenal they bought ben white they bought martin odegaard they bought aaron ramsdale and yesterday they got in uh tommy use tommy yes sir tommy yes sir from um what did they sign from from bologna in syria uh, they mm. signed laconga as well nuno Tavares, and they promoted balogun up from the arsenal under 23s they took 27 million in transfers. Most of that was from Willock to Newcastle and they spent 149 million. I mean, it's the first one we're going to start with. I mean, what do you make of these signings? I'm, I, I'm not... It's a ridiculous thing to say, isn't it, when you spent that much money, but I'm not hugely impressed by the players that, that they've brought in. I think Ben White's a good signing, but it's going to take time for him to mm. bed in. I really liked him at Brighton and I thought what he did for Brighton last season was great in terms of solidifying that defence. And I think he could do the same for Arsenal, but they've had a really poor start to the season. He hasn't really had an opportunity yet to bed down his relationship with Tierney next to him. Of course, the COVID situation hasn't helped. So I think Ben White, for me, is the the most impressive of, of the sign-ins that they've brought in. Um, I just feel like for the amount of money that they've spent, they're you still... want to see a bit more, don't you? I, yeah. I mean, it says something, the fact that Brighton aren't panicking when they lose a player like Ben White for 50 million. I mean, yeah. I, I, I rate Ben White really highly. I think I think he's he will be a loss to Brighton. But is he going to be a player that brings Arsenal back into the top four? Mm. I'm not really sure he is. Is Ramsdale going to get the starting spot over Leno? I mean, he must be seen as a, as a, as someone who can challenge because they're paying, you know, 25 million for him. Um, Lukonga's highly rated. But like... I just look at these players and just don't really see how they've massively strengthened the first eleven from from what it was last year. I mean, Odegaard's come back in; he was he was okay last year. I mean, he did quite well in in patches, but he never really really made it, did he? He was he was good, if but not fantastic. So I kind of look at these signings and think they're not any better than they were last year, really. I'm not sure that Odegaard is he is the sort of player that they really, really needed either. Like mm. there are some other positions where I think they really needed to be strengthened, but I'm not sure that the Odegaard role was that one. I I don't know. It's just a hell of a lot of money. And I'm not really seeing that that starting 11 is significantly better as a result of it. No, I remember on Football Manager, right, is, is, is an example for you. I sold a player for quite a lot of money. Who was it? I, can't remember. I think it was Eden Dzeko years ago. And I bought in loads and loads of squad players. And I spent all my money, all my transfer budget. And I think I got relegated. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that will happen to Arsenal. I don't think they'll, they'll do that badly. But... It strikes me as, uh, I mean, Arteta can't say he wasn't backed, right? Because they haven't had a massive outgoing. They've spent £121 million 
and he's got to deliver. And I do, I'm not sure that these players are the ones that are going to deliver for him. And I wonder how much time he's got left. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, but equally, I'm not, I'm not convinced it's Arteta that's the problem. I'm really not. Mm. I think, you know, he's trained under one of the best managers in the world. He's clearly got a strategy and a process that he's trying to work on at Arsenal. That's obvious from the outside, but he seems to have lost the players and that relationship breakdown is just, if it's not repairable quickly, then he's yeah. not going to have a lot of time left on his hands. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I'm lost your rating for each team, by the way. How would you rate Arsenal's transfer window out of 10? Four. Four. Uh, what do you reckon? Yeah, you... I'd, I'd say four. I think four is probably about right. Yeah. <laughs> That's not good, is it, when you spent 121 million for us to be saying four? No. Uh, okay, let's move on. Let's move on to Aston Villa. So Aston Villa, they've been very busy, obviously. They've signed Buendia, they've signed Danny Ings, Leon Bailey, Ashley Young's coming from Inter, and they've got Tunisabi on loan. Uh, they made 114 million in player sales, 100 million of that being, of course, from Jack Grealish. And they spent 95 million, giving them a total net spend in the positive of 19.26 million. And answering the second question, which was, which is the team who had the highest net um, positive? Is Aston Villa. Surprised nice. by that, considering the players they bought? Yeah, because actually, in the reverse of what I've just said about Arsenal, I think that Aston Villa have had a really good window. Mm. They've signed some really good players that have strengthened the areas that they were a little bit lacking last time around. So obviously, last season, they did the thing that they really needed, which was by a really, really good goalkeeper. This time around, they've strengthened in the areas that they were going to lose, potentially, because of what happened with Grealish going. So Leon Bailey, I think, will have the potential to be a fantastic asset. Wendy, we already know is an absolutely quality player. And once he's had time to bed in, I think he'll be great. And Danny Ings, for me anyway, is exactly what they needed. It's a, mm. He's a proper front man to play alongside Ollie Watkins. I think they've done great business. Yeah, and I mean, I, I just love that interview with, with the owner where he, you know, he said, you know, Grealish is leaving and we're going to replace his creativity with Wendia, his goal scoring with Ings and his dribbling with, with Bailey. And, you know, mm. I, I think Mark pointed out, well, you can't have, three players on the ball at once but you know it's it's a statement isn't it I mean it's a statement of how good and how, how highly rated Jack Grealish was but also they've addressed the things that he brought to the team in, in three quality players it's Hopefully. interesting it's interesting at the moment I mean they are I think they're bottom or, or one of the bottom teams for kind of expected goals and mm -hmm. for attacking they've had three of the kindest fixtures imaginable they haven't had all their players fully fit but he's yeah. going to need to start unlocking more from from these players um, going forward he is definitely, but like you say, you know, they haven't had them all there and available. They've been without Watkins. They've been without Bailey for a large chunk of it so far. They haven't had consistency um, in terms of their defenders either. Obviously they've had Mings been out with his rib. So I think Aston Villa have got the right players there. They've signed where they needed to sign. You can't replace Jack Grealish, not easily. He was such a big, important character for them. So they've done the best that they can in that circumstances and replaced him with three other quality players to kind of balance out the team, if you like. And I think over the next few weeks or so, as the players start playing together, things will improve. Obviously, game week four is going to be difficult without Martinez, without Buendia. But moving forward, I think they've done the right business in this window. Yep, me too. And as as couple as Paul fans points out in the chat, Arsenal sold Martinez for, what, 20 million and replaced him with Ramsdale for nearly 30. It's interesting, interesting transfer dealing, to say the least. How would you rate Villa? What are you giving them? I'm guessing higher than Arsenal. 
Oh, a lot higher than Arsenal, given and given how much less they've spent as well. I probably reckon that they've got to go in at sort of eight out of ten. Yeah, done really well. I agree. I agree again. Look at that. Agreeing on everything. What yeah. is this as? I know. I mean, you know, <laughs> defensively, you know, I think with with Concer and, and Tunisia coming in and Mings, they've got a few options there. Right. I mean, target. I think is is going to be a bit of a problem for them going forward. I don't think he's he's quite good enough for where they want to be. So they might need to address that at some point, but mm. not awful. But yeah, I mean, they've they've strengthened massively on, on last year and, and bought in. Um, I mean, Danny Ings, I, I really do think is a fantastic signing for them because yeah. they'd, be, they'd be worse off already. They'd, they'd probably have no points <laughs> going, going into, you know, going into game before the fixes they've had. Danny Ings has, has, has come up with the goods when they've needed him to. So yeah. already he's, he's, he's paying off some of that money. OK, next, Brentford. They bought Aya from Celtic, uh, Ayuka. I'm going to butcher lots of these pronunciations, by the way. So apologies. Glad you're saying I'm not me. Uh, it's also really hard for me to read on my screen as well. So because the, the, font, the font's quite small. Uh, they bought uh, Vissa from Lorient and they bought someone from Chelsea under 23s as well. Uh, I can't remember. Pearl Harris, what a nice name. Um, so no money incoming. So they've, they've released some players, but not had any money coming in. And they spent 34 million, which is quite a lot, quite a lot for a promoted team to spend. They're going for it. Um, how do you rate Brentford's chances and performances so far? And have been impressed with. I mean, I has been been solid, right? Brentford have looked good at the back. I've been impressed by them. I've got to say, I think they've come up. They've done well. Um, they were particularly good against Arsenal, but maybe that was more to do with Arsenal. Then they had a good good game against Crystal Palace, where they were probably unlucky not to not to get some attacking returns in that game. I think they came up as a really good, small but good squad. And they've added to that with players that they thought that they needed. And, and like you say, with Ayo, he's, he's made a good start to the season and has strengthened that defensive line. So mm. I think they're decent. You know, you're never going to get huge spend, huge net spend from your promoted clubs because they're promoted clubs. They don't have the budget of even Aston Villa, who we've just been talking about, because they don't have that £100 million man that they can spend to fund all these incomings. But they've got they've got a good squad there, and I think they could they could be all right. There's three worse clubs in the league than them mm, at the moment, anyway. Yeah, absolutely, I think they're around the eighth or ninth biggest spenders in 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 the league. Mm. So there's the seven clubs I mentioned who who we're talking about in a bit have, have spent over fifty. Thirty four million is is quite high compared to you know some of the other teams in the league. So yeah, they they have they have sometimes you see clubs. I think Norwich did it, didn't they, when they first came up? They didn't spend too yeah. much money. They kind of you know, kind of said, well, well, we'll give it a go with the players that we've we've had in the championship. But Brentford aren't a club that's done that. They've they've invested in players. Um, just for anyone who's complaining about some of these transfer values or saying that Villa weren't the biggest business they spent all the Greenish money. I'm going by the numbers on transfer market, so you can take it up with them if you don't agree. These are not my numbers. I've taken it from a reputable site. So yeah, stop complaining about that in the chat because uh, it's not on me. Um, right, next, my team. Oh, sorry, Bre- Brentford. Brentford's rating. I mean, I don't know. Too, I've got to be honest. I don't know too much about Onyuka or, or Vissa. We haven't really seen too much of them for me to make a judgment on them. I mean, they paid nine million for each of them, so they're going to expect to see some returns from them. Um, I can say that I've been very impressive. Aya for fourteen million. Mm. Um, I'll go first with the rating on this one. Give you a bit of a break. I will give them a seven. Oh. <laughs> I was I was kind of toying between six and seven. I was kind of like, I think they've done fine for a newly promoted. And I think that's the thing is you have to take them as a newly promoted club with the budget situation that they have. So for what they've got, yeah, probably they are a seven. If you compare them to say what Villa have done, they're probably a six. A six. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, they had a, they had a good striker in place. They've signed a centre-back and midfielder and a winger. So it kind of yeah. does feel to me that the spine of the team they've, they've improved on. 
maybe I'm a bit jealous of it, but I think I'll stay up. I really do. I think I, I do think too. There's enough about them, and I've been impressed with them so far. So yeah. I love their manager as well. He's a, I do too. He's fantastic. Uh, right. Oh God, my team, Brighton. <laughs> so we took in 56 million. Most of that was from Ben White. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spent 51 million, which was more than I thought we had spent actually. Um, we bought Ben Weppu. We paid 20 million from him from Red Bull Salzburg. Uh, we bought in this new guy yesterday, uh, Crew. Oh god, there's no way I'm going to get his his pronunciation right. Kurukella. Like, you getting on the back of your shirt? Kurukella Deville, <laughs> something like that. Um, he looks great. Uh, he, 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 I watched his highlight reel uh, as I always do, and got overly excited as as always. Uh, <laughs> 16 million from Getafe. He's going to probably be our first choice left wing back, I'd imagine. Sonny March has been filling in there for a bit. Dan Burns been playing there, but I think he's probably come in to to take that spot for his own. Um, we bought Abdallah Simmer from Sabri Prague for 7 million and we bought this new sort of backup goalkeeper from Ajax for 4 million. You will notice that there is no striker on this list, which means I'm going to give them a pretty damning rating, I think. Um, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll stay up, but oh God, I wish we'd well, sign a striker, up. Sam. I wish we'd you sign a striker. You will stay up. I don't think there's any doubt that Brighton stay up. Oh, I d- I just don't really understand the business that happened here because you got 50 million for Ben White, which was great business and, and you've got to sell him when an offer like that comes in. But why has that not been invested in the front line? Because that's where it was really needed. That's what kind of concerns me. Like I look at that Brighton defence and even the goalkeeper, right? You, you got two decent enough goalkeepers there. You didn't really need to spend the money on another goalkeeper. You didn't. I, I just think that if you'd have gone in and bought a striker, if you'd have had that little lot there plus a striker, that would have been a good window for Brighton. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And we were linked. We were linked with strikers. And yeah. I mean, Potter said kind of straight away. I, I think he said like our priority this window is a striker, a striker, a striker, something like that. He was very clear that you know it wasn't like I don't think this is something that's been ignored it's something that he that everyone knew needed to be addressed it's just obviously that the, the the person hasn't come out what was surprising was um edward moving from celtic to palace because he was mm. someone that we were linked with for for quite a lot of time and, and it never transpired um i'm gonna give us a five out of ten um i think you know i think the biggest sort of positive from our from our transfer window dealing is keeping basuma I think that was absolutely key. And more reports I saw linking him to Arsenal, United, Liverpool. I think he'll go in the summer, but mm. I think we've got him for at least this season, which is oh, which is a good signing for us. I totally agree. I think there was a chance he might come to Spurs had Ollie Skip not come back, having had a great season out on loan to Norwich. Mm. He's exactly the sort of player that we needed. And um yeah, I think I think Brighton keeping him, it's almost like having another signing really so yeah I totally agree with you I think it's a far better window than what Arsenal have done um but it's not quite getting to the dizzy heights of of what Brentford and, and Villa have done because you're lacking that one player that you really needed mm. a better, better window than Arsenal we've made five million profit <laughs> and not signed a striker <laughs> and lost lost arguably our best defensive defender for 50 million yeah, it's uh, yeah. We we need to stop bashing Arsenal, but it's hard not to when you see the figures. Difficult. It is. Uh, what do you rate Brighton out of ten? Then. Yeah, I'll give him a five. Five out of ten. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Burnley. So Burnley, not exactly known for spending huge sums uh, in the transfer window. Took in eight million from player transfers. Uh, got rid of. Uh, um, spent twenty eight million. So an overall balance of twenty million. Uh, they bought Corner, which was their big signing uh, yesterday for thirteen point five. Nathan Collins from Stoke, 12.6. Connor Roberts from Swansea, highly rated. 2 million bargain for him uh, as well. And then a couple of free transfers like Aaron Lennon still knocking around and Wayne Hennessy as well. So a pretty standard 
window for Burnley. What do you make of them this this year? They they've they're kind of doing Burnley things already, aren't they? Kicking the it, crap out yeah. of everyone in matches. Just and, being Burnley, yeah. aren't they? Um, nothing. There's more. There's more to them than that. It's. It's. I, I do always feel harsh when I make that comparison. There's. There is more to them than that. But it's hard when you see some of their games <laughs> to, to shake it off. They give. They give. They give the opposition a tough game. They so. do. There's nothing you know particularly stand out in there. It's nice to see Aaron Lennon back in the Premier League again. Um, I think it's it's a decent enough window for Burnley. I. You know. They're never going to be challenging, are they? But equally, I don't think they're ever going to get relegated. They're always going to be a kind of mid-table side that are going to play hard. And yeah, there's some decent enough signings in there. If Deitch left, I don't know what would happen to him. I really I think they'd fall apart they, if I, I, left. I think they would. Because you look at the the squad and I think the, the kind of the real quality they've got is what Dwight McNeil and and Chris Wood up front. And then, yeah. you know, the, the rest of the team are, are good, but he gets them, he gets maybe six out of 10 players playing 7.5 out of 10 games every match. Yeah, so totally. massive credit to what he's done. Uh, how would you rate the transfer window for Burnley then? Do you know much I, about Cornet? Cornet? No, I don't know much about him, to be honest, but he, the press stuff that I've read about him seems to suggest he's a decent enough signing, which potentially makes me think it's maybe a sort of six out of 10 for their mm. window. Um, just on him alone. And of course, because I do love a bit of Aaron Lennon back in the Premier League, but <laughs> there's some decent enough players in there and there's some characters in there as well, which I think is is kind of what Burnley need. They need some some big players. So could be all right. Well, I think I think he is coming in as, as a bit of a big player, a bit of a big name. I mean, signing, yeah, I from, so. signing from Leon to Burnley yeah. is something we don't see too much. I mean, they signed <laughs> Defoe a few years ago and that was that was quite a big move for them. So I think Cornet is, is coming in to to bring in, bring some quality into the side. Yeah. And that does seem to be the way Burnley are going a little bit more now is they're trying to play a bit more. And, you know, we saw it particularly the end of last season. They were we did, yeah. They tried to do it against us. Yeah. So I do wonder if, if there's going to be a slight switch in, in style with, with players like him coming in. So, yeah, interesting. Interesting to see how they get on. Uh, all right. Next up, Chelsea. Oh, big so, spenders. Well, big spenders, but also, but also <laughs> very, big very big incomers. I mean, they took yeah. in £110 million pounds this it's transfer mad, window isn't it? and spent 108 So they were actually, even even though they spent 100-odd million on Lukaku, they were positive net for transfer spent. So they bought in Lukaku. They signed Seoul, um yesterday, better call Sol, and... And oh, a big transfer of, of Marcus Bettinelli from Fulham as a fifth choice goalkeeper, probably. <laughs> but then you look at the outgoings. I mean, Tammy Abraham left for, um, for Roma for 36 million. Kurt Zuma to West Ham, 31 million. Tamori, AC Milan, 26 million. Zappacosta, yeah. they got 8 million for him. Victor Moses left for 4 million. They recouped all of this money, you know, that they, look, that they put it's into the It's not just Lukaku. that, though, is it? It's the wage bill as well. Yeah. Like, you've got all these guys off the wage bill. I think sometimes you forget with Chelsea, because they have so many players out on loan all the time, you forget how many players the club actually has. Mm. So for them to be able to go out and, and buy really quality players like they have, but actually have spent no money yeah. because they've sold out so many, is unbelievable business from Chelsea this summer. I think so, and and you look at the players that they they've got rid of, and none of them would have been anywhere near the first team. I mean, no. Tammy Abraham leaving for thirty six million. I rate Tammy Abraham, but obviously he's not getting in the team ahead of Lukaku. They got rid of you know Giroud as well. Um, you yeah. know, cleared him off the wage bill. Bakayoko, who was a, probably a big mistake, I think a lot of Chelsea fans would say, he's been absolutely hopeless for them. Da- yeah. Danny Drinkwater's left as well, an even even bigger mistake. But <laughs> Emerson, Batshuayi, like you say, these are all players on on enormous wages that they've managed yeah. to clear 
off off the decks. So it's hard it's hard to give them anything other than a nine out of ten. I'm I'm almost half tempted to give them a ten out of ten because they've literally addressed. I can't think of a weakness. The thing is, that's the key. That's the key is they had one weakness last season and it was that they didn't score enough goals because they didn't have a proper striker who was finishing their chances because actually Werner doesn't really necessarily fit in that striker position. He likes to be out on the wing a bit more. And the one thing that they had a weakness for, they'd gone out and signed arguably the best player they could have bought in that position for the Chelsea team and the way that Chelsea play. I can't think of any striker who would have slotted into that Chelsea team Mm as well as Lukaku has. So they recognised where their issue was. Not only did they go and just spend the money that was needed to get Lukaku in, but they also countered that by getting rid of everybody else that they didn't need and therefore getting in for basically nothing, which is ridiculous business. I I, I literally can't give it anything other than a 10, I don't think. It's perfect business. I agree. And and Lukaku is the perfect forward for them as well. Yeah, perfect. Like like we've said said a lot of times. You look at these players they've departed though and like you just think there's a mid-table premiership team here. (laughs) (laughs) Tamori Zuma, you know, Emerson, Moses is a Premier League winning right back and then Bakayoko, Giroud up front with Tammy Abraham. It's, yeah, it's it's crazy when you when you see... Quality team that's gone out, let um, alone what they've now done to the team that they still have. Absolutely nuts. Yeah. I'll give them, I'll give, I, I think I'm gonna have to give them a 10. Yeah, you have to. I think they've addressed every single possible problem they had. I think the only, the only, th- I'll give them a nine. Actually, I think the only thing that could have made them a ten was if they'd replaced Zuma with that, um, that guy they were looking for, Canude, uh, was it? Yeah, I they'd probably come next year, won't he? I imagine so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if they if they if they stick it through the back, I mean, they could be a bit light if they lose if they lose Christensen for an injury or something like that. But they they can just switch to four at the back and probably not worry about it too much. Yeah, so their much quality, depth. so much. They're going to be right up there this year. They're sure they're are. a force. Yep, Crystal Palace. So big load of departures here. Uh, incoming, uh, all just not didn't nothing. Expenditure sixty six million. So in terms of incoming, they just released everyone basically. <laughs> released twelve <laughs> players and didn't sell them. All the contracts ran out. Spent sixty six million on players. So out went Andrews Townsend, Van Anholt, Sacco, Cahill, Dan, Hennessy and James McCarthy. All of those players played significant minutes for them last season. Big names in that team as well last season. Big, big names, absolutely. And they've signed younger players who, um, you know, for, for, the long, for a long-term project with Vieira. Yeah. Um, Anderson, uh, Edouard came in yesterday. Elise, really highly rated from Reading. And I missed this one. Will Hughes came in yeah. from, from Watford. I didn't see that. 4.5 million mid. Um, on FPL, I really like Will Hughes. I think that's a. I'm surprised that he left Watford. I kind of never. Th- I thought he'd be one of those players who just kind of never left, never really. They offered him a new contract, didn't they? And he yeah. didn't want to sign it. So that's interesting. Yeah, eight goals in 118 appearances for him for um, for Watford. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I quite like what Vieira's doing at Palace. I'm going to say that quite quietly because obviously it's not necessarily been the best start so far, but. Is it ever really under a brand new manager when you're starting basically totally again? Because they've got rid of so many of their key players, but also their big voices in the dressing room as mm. well. Like to lose like the likes of Van Arnhout. Those are players that have been part of the Crystal Palace furniture for such a long time. So you are basically going, right, here's a line. Let's let's start again. I really like what they've done with the defence. I really like mm. Anderson. I thought he was fantastic last season. Um they're doing great stuff. The, the Gallagher loan from Chelsea, I think that's a great bit of business from them as well. Um, man of the match on his debut game, then gets a brace in his yeah. next game. Like they're doing all the right things and they're 
they're kind of buying into Vieira's planning, I suppose. So I think it's good business. Big, big point for them, um, you know, against West Ham. They need, yeah. they needed that. They really did. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I agree. I think, you know, it's, it's going to take Vieira time. But I think he's he's the manager who who will be good for these players because he is a player that will put his arm around these guys and yeah. and and get the most out of them. And I think Edouard for for fifteen million from Celtic, I think that is an absolutely fantastic signing for yeah. him. I really do. I don't really know how they've they've managed to pull that off. It's yeah. I mean, Celtic are losing a striker who you know who, who gets fifteen twenty goals for them, and if he can deliver anywhere near like that return for Palace, then it'll be. It'll be good. It is a hell of a clear out, though. I have to say, I, I can't ever remember a team getting rid of this many players in one fell swoop like Particularly this. releasing so many. I know. Like to lose Cahill, Dan, and Sacco, three of your main centre backs, mm. is, yeah, normally you'd keep one of them kind of around the dressing room, especially like Cahill. I thought maybe, you know, he could be looking at becoming a coach or something like that. Maybe you just give him a contract to keep him on, but he's gone to Bournemouth and, and wants to play. I don't know. I, I, part of me does think that it was needed, though, at Crystal Palace. Like they had gone quite stale under Hodgson. Like for all the good things that Hodgson did for Palace over the years that he was there, I did feel like a change was needed, and that change was both in management but also in terms of the mm. personnel. And sometimes um, you need to have that really painful rebuild, and losing key players is painful. But you bring in decent players who are good for now but also they're young enough to be good for the future too and, and that can only be a good thing yep completely agree what are you giving them what's your rating seven seven and a half seven and a half uh yeah i'll give them a seven a bit lower <laughs> that's fair enough <laughs> these palace after all uh <laughs> everton this is yeah this is this is a weird one given how much money they've spent over the last few seasons uh, you know, Benitez has come in and they have massively tightened the purse strings. So they took seven million um, from from players and they spent one point eight million on Damari Gray. <laughs> the rest were free transfers. So they got Townsend for free. Got Asma Begovic as backup. They got Salomon Rondon as on a free transfer from China. Didn't even know. Didn't even know, he, was, didn't know he was in China. I mean, one point eight million for anyone is a bargain. One point eight million for a twenty five year old English player who has definitely got potential in him it's one of the bargains of the decade i think 1.8 million for gray is crazy crazy business i think and he started well i like it i think he's exactly the sort of player that dominic calvert lewin wants around him as well so not only is it cheap and a good bit of business but it's a good bit of business for the everton star players that need that player around them him and townsend i think particularly Tanzan was free, like, could you really ask for more than what you've got for next to no money? Like, it's, it's good business, I think. Yeah. It, it's interesting to me that they haven't gone out there and done a big, a really big um, star signing, mm. um, just because with Benitez coming and the kind of slightly negative reaction that came with him, I did wonder whether they might go all in for a, a big star name just as a kind of like sweetener yeah. if you like to the Toffees fans but I don't really think they needed it uh, there are enough already in that team that they probably didn't need it but I sort of was expecting somebody a bit more than Ron Bon yesterday yeah no I know what you mean it's, it's hard to know kind of exactly 
what they need because I look at their yeah. team and think their team is decent. I mean, Decore and Allen in midfield. I mean, Rodriguez is is great, but I don't think he's ever going to play for Everton again. I think he's, no. I'm surprised that he he stayed on. I thought they do. I'm surprised they he didn't to, leave to offload him. Um, they might be a bit short of right back with with Coleman there. Um, you know, he's got had a bit of an injury and a few injury problems, but they've got the likes of Holgate who can fill in. Uh, Godfrey as well could play there, and then centre backs are pretty. They're, they're kind of strong but not really I don't think they're really like top six contenders really maybe maybe they could sneak in but I, I don't know I think I think there's there's better teams the amount of money they've spent over the last few seasons I don't think they're like one of the top teams in the league they're a, a decent side who'll probably finish about seventh or eighth would be my guess Mm. Um, I mean I'm, I'm not overly impressed by their by their transfer market <clears throat> but I'm impressed with Gray I'll give them a five I don't know if that's a bit harsh, you know. Really, because, I thought it was a bit high. Because they haven't, but they've they've in, they've improved their squad without spending any money. So from that perspective, I think I'd probably be tempted to put them alongside Brentford and give them a six. Give them a six. Interesting. They're not spent anything, and they've got somebody in that's improved their team. So yeah, fair enough. I just I, I I just don't know what the what the real sort of plan is with with Benitez coming in. Like what what is his <laughs> No, I know what you mean by like, that. What is his mandate? Is his mandate to take them into the Champions League? Because that was always Ken Wright's kind of main aim, right? It was to get them into into the top four. But now, I don't think they've got a top four squad there. No way. They're, they've they're, got they're miles off. They're miles behind. They've got a top ten squad there. Yeah. Um, have they got a top seven squad there? I don't think so. When you look at what everyone else has done, like the top four feels like it's closing in in terms of there's a lot of other teams that have done quite good business that will be fighting for top four this year. Uh, and then you've got obviously the two Europa League spots and then the conference spot. I can't see them breaking those spots, not with the squad that they have. No, that's, that's, it, that's what I mean. Maybe I'm being hard. But... <laughs> well, I, I think they've, they've got a decent enough squad, but didn't exactly do that great last year under Ancelotti. And surely the aim is to improve on that, and then they haven't bought anyone. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I think, but I think, I think it's hard to judge them because I think this is kind of what they wanted. I think they just want a kind of like a solidifying year where they bring in, you know, Benic- that's it's what the beginning, think. right? It's the beginning yeah, of a rebuild. Exactly. I think so. I think that's exactly what it is. We might, we might stop seeing such lavish spending from them. I think um, like they've <laughs> done in the past. Um, Leeds next. So Leeds, uh, thirteen departures. And no money, didn't make any money, spent fifty-three million pounds. So these were one of the teams that spent over fifty million. Uh half of that was on Dan James yesterday from Man United. Twenty-six million they spent on him. Uh Furpo came in from Barcelona, thirteen point five. Finally they bought Jack Harrison, two years on loan, eleven million, bargain for him, I think. Uh and Clayson, a kind of reserve goalkeeper. Yeah, interesting. Twenty six million for Dan James. What do you reckon on him? A lot of money in a position where I don't know that they were that weak in the first place, because he, I mean, he can play on either side, right? So he's either competition for Harrison or Rafina, but those are both quality players. So I don't know. I think it's a good move for Dan James um, because he was going to be much more limited at Manchester United now, surely. Mm. So I think for him, it's a positive thing. I think he does strengthen the Leeds attack and he will give much needed competition maybe to those players, but it's, it is quite a lot of money. It's more than I thought that they would get. They would pay for him. Yeah, it's, it's, I think that I think United have made a profit on him, which is 
quite rare for them, mm. given, you know, given the, the current trend of things. <laughs> I think there's, there's talk that James could come in at, uh, on the right wing and, and Rafinha yeah. could maybe move a bit more central as well. Or he could serve as like competition and Harrison get a rest because he can play on either side as well, James. He can, he's, yeah. he's, he's a versatile player. Um, I, 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 26 million to me is a lot. I haven't seen enough from him. I mean, he was poor in the last game he played for Man U. He was. Um, against Wolves. He, he Sometimes he's got that kind of like running like a headless chicken vibe about him without I do, too much I do end think, product. I think Bielsa will be a good manager for him though. Mm. I think in the in a way that he will he's quite harsh when he needs to be and I think he'll be he'll be good for James's development. I can see that that would work well together. Yeah. Furpo's highly rated come from Barcelona. Haven't seen too yeah. much of him yet. Uh Jack Harrison obviously has been great for them so it's good that they finally got that over the line. Um yeah, what do you reckon? What do you reckon on Leeds? Fairly it's, I mean, it's hard because he's got this really settled side, right? So it's going to be hard for them to find players that kind of break break into it. But he has he has strengthened, for sure. Yeah. Furpo, signing Harrison permanently, I think those two are really good signings. So on those two alone, I think I'd give them a seven. I think Dan James has potential. Let's just see how they use him. Is he there as competition or is he there to play alongside the likes mm. of Rafinha and Harrison? Because if he's going to play with them and play better than he was playing for Manchester United, then that could be also a really good signing. So, yeah, seven, seven, out of ten. seven out of ten. Do you think Dan James could, could be a factor in our fancy teams at any point this season? Um, maybe. I think you would. It, it's very hard to overlook Rafinha and Harrison if you're going to go Leeds mm. in the attack because we know exactly what they can do and have done already in FPL, whereas with Dan James, we haven't really seen that from him yet in terms of FPL returns. So it might be a wait and see, but it could be that if he starts regularly and picks up his game and plays the Leeds way, that actually he might be a good option later on. Yeah, he's six million in, in the game, so the same price as, as Harrison, for example. Mm. Be interesting to see if he comes straight into the team and Rafinha does move or whether he takes a bit of time to settle in. I imagine he'll take a bit of time to settle in because Bielsa's quite demanding, isn't he, with, with, <laughs> with these players? And yeah. Furpo hasn't come straight in, for example. We're starting to get a few minutes now. I'll give him a 6.5 out of 10. I think it's... it's. I mean, keeping Harrison is was kind of obvious. So they've only really signed Furpo and, and James and I'm not that enamoured by James. So I'll give him a little bit less. <laughs> uh, Leicester, next. So Leicester have spent a hell of a lot of money. They spent £60 million on players. Uh, they've taken in 3.6, giving them a total net spend of 57 million in the red. Patson Daka was the main uh, outlay of them. Sent it forward, 22 years old from uh, RB Salzburg. They bought Samore from Lille, 18 million, and they bought Vestergaard for 15 million. And they got Bertrand and Lookman on uh, free transfer and a loan, respectively. Not started the season particularly well, though, despite uh, you know winning the cup. I mean, I mean, they have started the season quite well in terms of points, but I think they've got, what, six? Six out of nine. But performances have been rubbish in all three games. Just about over the line against Wolves, battered by West Ham, and then not too inspiring against Norwich either. No. It's been an interesting start to the season, hasn't it, really, for them? Because I had quite high expectations of Leicester going into this season. I thought um, that at the end of last season... They're never great at the end of the season. They always seem to fluff their lines just at the death when they're about to qualify for the Champions League, don't they? Mm. But 
Last season, I thought they had a really good period of time and it happened to coincide with the part where Harvey Barnes was injured and they obviously had Nacho and Vardy playing up top together and everything seemed to be kind of going well for Leicester at that point. The start of the season, I think Rogers made a comment in pre-season about how Harvey Barnes wasn't fully ready yet and he wasn't fully matched Yeah, we should listen to that. Yeah, and he said that, and I, and it put me off to be honest because I did listen to it, and and he was one that I'd been toying with the idea of for weeks in preseason, and I was like, I don't like the sound of that because even if he gets game time, how on it is he going to be? And what we've seen is he's just not on it at no. all. And I do think that his position is really key in that Leicester side because if he's playing and he's on it everything moves better. I think there's obviously a lot of chatter about Madison and would Madison be staying or would Madison be going and that's unsettling. But because they were playing Barnes and obviously had this Madison rhetoric going in the background, I mean, they weren't really playing Ian Acho at all. And I thought they missed him in this early part of the season. So, yeah, it's been a poor start to the season for them. In terms of the transfer window, Dakar, I think, will be a good signing. I do think he will be a good signing for them, but it feels to me like he's a long-term Vardy replacement as opposed to a, I'm here to regularly start now. Yeah, well, that that's it. I mean, he got 54 goals in 82. Yeah. And, you know, but we're talking in the Austrian league. We're not, you know, it says Bundesliga on the screen, but we're not talking about in, in Germany. We're talking about in Austria. So it's a little bit less impressive. I mean, mm. £27 million for a player from the Austrian league is a lot of money. It and is. he's coming into a side where the majority of the time they play with one striker, which is Vardy. And that's why Inacho is finding it hard to kind of break into the team now. So you've got to think, like exactly like you say, he, he is one for the future. I, I wondered if maybe he would have gone out on loan or something. I wonder how much game time he's really going to see this season unless they switch to three well, centre backs and, and have they've also got again. they've got the Europa League stuff this season now Vardy at 34 now I can't I cannot believe that he's going to be able to play two games a week for a large chunk of the season so surely there's going to be minutes for the likes of Ian Asher and Dakar in other competitions maybe one of them's going to be the Europa League guy maybe one of them's going to be involved in the cups I just can't see that Vardy's got 40 50 games a season in him I just I can't I can't see that he will so and also you know maybe actually what we're seeing in this early part of the season is that they are better with two up top and and maybe that's why Dakar's come in now because Leicester were at their best last season arguably when Vardy and Ian Asher were playing together so then they don't have a backup on the bench and with Barnes out last season as well that would have left them short so maybe that's another reason behind it. It allows them to change their strategy, I suppose. Yeah, that's the thing. I think he's, he's got different systems, right? And, and the defensive injuries they've had haven't helped because I think we yes. might have seen more from the wing-back, you know, strategy and tactics if if they didn't have like one sort of starting centre-back. I mean, Evans is out. Fofana got that injury. They brought Vestergaard in, but he hasn't been fully fit. I mean, the, the thing with Barnes is not only has he been poor, but what happens if they do switch to two forwards he's gone surely where, where does he play I, I, can't, I just can't see a way in which they can they can make it work unless he switches to left wing back but then you're you're <sighs> potentially taking out Castagna out of that who, who's been fantastic for them for the last two seasons and he's not a wing back he's a direct attacking winger so yeah where does he play I, I, I don't know I wish I hadn't started with Barnes I, I did get rid of him <laughs> but he was you know th- those kind of co- those kind of comments from a manager I, I just disregarded it I was like I oh, was just saying that to ease expectation but that along with the potential rotation with these forwards um, is, is a massive problem. Mm. 
so yeah, I mean, obviously Leicester spent quite a lot of money, 57 million. They've strengthened, for sure. Um, how would you how would you rate them? I find this one really difficult to rate because yes, they've strengthened, but have they actually strengthened from their starting 11? Well, no, I don't, I don't think... With, with strengthened the squad. With a, with a fully fit squad, I don't think any of these players, any of the players no. on the screen get, get into the first team. So there's a lot of money been spent, but I'm not sure any of them actually improve the team that Rogers puts out week upon week. And that's where I, I struggle to rate this because I think Dakar is a signing for the future and I do think he's a decent signing for the future. But as a transfer window going into 2022, 21-22, it's average for me at best and I'd probably give it a five. Yeah, I might up into a six. I quite like the, I quite like the Lookman transfer i think that was a bit quite shrewd on on the Lundell, because obviously yeah. perez got the red card and i don't really rate him that highly anyway and i think lookman just gives them that ability to to change between those two tactics and formations whereas if they didn't have him they would be relying on perez more to play so at least lookman pops, puts a bit of competition on that on that right hand side with albrighton as well if they get an injury to when diddy or someone then samore can come in it's it, I agree. It's it's not that inspiring. I think Vestergaard though is for fifteen million. Decent. Yeah, it's decent. That is to get to get a, a you know a, a, an established Premier League central defender for fifteen million, and you know take him away from Southampton who wouldn't have wanted to sell him at all for that price. I mean, compare that to Ben White for example for fifty million to fifteen. I mean, Vestergaard's you could argue That's is, Arsenal for you though is is a is a better signing than than White for a third of the price. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are right from that perspective. I think Vestergaard is, and and they are lacking in that position because of injury. So yeah, maybe I'm being a bit unkind with the five. Maybe they deserve a six. I'll give them a six. Yeah, you can stick to your five. I'll give them a six. It's okay. Uh, this will be a quick one. Liverpool. <laughs> Uh, Tumbleweed. Yeah, absolutely. Twenty four million taken in. Thirty six million spent. All on one player. Uh, which is uh, Kanote from Leipzig, who's the guy they wanted. They've got rid of Wilson. They've got rid of Shakiri. Got rid of Wijnaldum. Oh, I don't like that at all on a free transfer. I didn't want to give him a contract because he's 31, uh, you know, coming to 31. They've got, I mean, the opposite of Leicester. They are arguably a weaker side now than they than they were. I mean, they have signed a, a centre-back, which they needed, but you could say, you know, with Gomez there, with Phillips, um, you know, they already had some options. I, I, I don't like their transfer window at all. I think considering how Chelsea, United, and City have strengthened, I think they needed one or two players. Losing Wijnaldum to me is cannot be understated. He's been such a driving force for, for all their successes over the last few years. What do you make mm. of it all? Well, obviously Liverpool window gets talked about quite a lot in our household because of <laughs> Lee's loyalties. Um, Wijnaldum, I think, is a big loss. I, I really do think he's a big loss. I think the fact that they were at limit in terms of their non-English players, like, that, that's a problem. Like, they needed to clear some backlog. They need to bring in some English players so that they've got the quota that they need. But you're right. They are... When you look across what the rest of the top four contenders have done, not just the big players, not just Manchester United, City and Chelsea, when you look at what the teams slightly below that have done in the window, everybody else has done something which has strengthened their team. And if they've lost a big name, they've replaced them with somebody else. But Liverpool just haven't. And not only have they not, the other big players in that engine room are getting older. You know, you look at Henderson, you look at Milner, the players that, you know, he might, Klopp might be now reliant on without Wijnaldum there. 
that's a problem to me because those players aren't, they can get injured at the drop of a hat. And we saw last season what happens when you lose those key guys in the middle for Liverpool, it all falls apart. Yep, absolutely. I mean, you talk about, we talk about squad depth with like Leicester and, and with other teams and you look at the benches of some of these sides and you look at the bench of Liverpool and you just think, is this really a team that can challenge on all fronts when you consider yeah. the, the levels that other teams have got? It's, yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, first 11, don't get me wrong, is, is you know, arguably best in the league, but you know, they get a couple of injuries, they're going to be losing Salah and Mane. I mean, I was sure they were going to have to sign a, you know, a kind of a versatile winger to cover for when they when they go to the African Cup of Nations, but they haven't done yep. that either. No. Yeah, really interesting um, what they've done. I mean, there is, there is a you know, the 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 owners are quite public with, with they, when they say we don't, we basically don't spend money. Like we don't spend our own money. Everything that comes through the club has to be financed through the purchasing and selling of, 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 of selling of, of players, which is why, you know, they, they sold Coutinho a few years ago and they've been kind of living off that, that revenue for, for ages to strengthen the side. Yeah. I'll be honest. I was fully expecting them to sell Mane this summer. Really? Um, yeah. I just didn't think that, I thought that towards the end of last season, Mane looked like a player that had achieved everything he wanted to achieve at Liverpool mm. and looked like a player that just wasn't really there anymore. Like sometimes you look at them and you think, is your head are you really there? Like he didn't have a very good season last year. And, and I was thinking you know, with the African Cup of Nations stuff that's happening this season as well, could it be the right moment for Liverpool, knowing what they like in terms of budget and how they finance the squad? Could this be the moment where they sell him and use that money to strengthen in other areas of the pitch where they arguably need it more because obviously with Salah and Yotta and Firmino, they don't necessarily need the four of those guys, but there are other parts of the pitch that they maybe do. So I think they've had a disappointing, I think if you're a Liverpool fan, I'd look at that window and think I'm not surprised that it's been what it has, but I'm disappointed because I'm looking at what the rivals have done and everyone else has grown stronger and we've stood still, if not gone a little bit backwards because yep. of Ginny. Yep, I completely agree. Um, how would you rate him? <laughs> Three? Yeah. I think it's I think it's arguably the worst, the worst in the It's worse than Arsenal. Um, but just it's like well, it's, at least it, Arsenal have improved their they, squad. They've, they've right? improved the squad. They have improved the squad. So I don't, you know, they've spent a hell of a lot of money doing it and they have improved the squad. Whereas Liverpool have spent no money, but the squad's weaker as a result. And that's really difficult. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm tempted to give them a two, to, to be fair. I'm only not giving them a two because they're getting players back who, you know, are, are going to be vital for them. So I think, you know, getting getting the centre-backs they're getting back in, getting Van Dijk back fit and stuff means they haven't really mm. had to do so much then. You could argue that actually the one area that which they kind of had quite a few good options for now is centre-back with Gomez and Phillips and Van Dijk and they yeah, bought yeah. another centre-back. I just think they really needed to buy another central midfielder, especially with losing Shakiri and, and Wijnaldum. I just think they're, they're weak. And like I said on the wings, I mean, I'm really surprised they didn't put in a, a little cheeky bid for Saar and just try and test the resolve of Watford. 35 million, something like that, and just try and get him... It's to do with their English up. English pair quota, wasn't it? Right. They, didn't, they, they were at their limit, so they had to sell... So obviously with the new guy coming in, they had to sell some in order for that to be okay because they had like Minamino coming back off loan and, and that sort of thing. So I think their English quota was really difficult. Well, I mean, Bowen, for example, would have been a... That's why I'm surprised they didn't go Bowen. Yeah, would have yeah. been a great player. I'm really surprised that they didn't go in for Bowen because they were linked with him. He would have been the perfect option for them because it would have it would have done what they needed in terms of the, the English quota and 
he would have strengthened the team. Yep, interesting. I mean, good good start to the season for Liverpool. Harvey Elliott looks yep. a good player. Uh, just I just think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna fall behind a bit when when the Champions League starts and they're fighting on all these different fronts. But we mm. will see. Uh, Man City are next. Uh, took in thirty four million pounds. So did generate quite a bit of quite a bit of money. Um, who did they they got rid of? They got rid of Angelino for sixteen million. Jack Harrison for eleven million. Uh, Enimcha to Wolfsburg for seven million. So again, you know these big clubs. I mean, they you know they've taken in thirty five million pounds of, of players on players that were fifth choice, sixth choice. No, you know sixteen million for Angelino. I mean, there's no way Angelino's breaking into that city city side. Eleven million for Jack Harrison. They they can just generate cash, can't they? These these big yeah, sides they like, can. Like, like you kind of mentioned. Um, only one sort of major signing. We could talk about Harry Kane, all the things with that, or Ronaldo, but we, we won't bother. But Jack Grealish for a hundred million. How do you how do you rate him so far? Grealish is a great signing for them. Um, did they really need Jack Grealish? Maybe not. They have so many really good creative players in that similar sort of role to what Grealish does. But I do think Grealish has improved Man City even in the opening three game weeks of the season where he clearly isn't yet up to full Man City speed in terms of knowing where his teammates are, but he's making all the right runs and being in all the right places. The big question for me is that they haven't signed a striker and that is the position that they were really lacking. They were lacking it last season and they've gone into this season arguably still lacking it. Now for us, from an FPL perspective, it does look like therefore Torres is going to be a great option. But... Is that really the sort of player they want to rely on all season? Like you say, with Liverpool, once the Champions League starts, once they're fighting on multiple different fronts, how much time is Torres going to be able to, and how many goals would he contribute to the team over the course of the year? I think it will be very disappointing to Man City that they have got out of this transfer window without a striker. Yeah, I agree. What do you think about Grealish from a fantasy perspective? I've got him in my team this conversation with Lee the other night because I like every time I watch him I like him he will return FPL points but for a million yes or just under a million less now you can have Torres who's likely to return more because of the positions that he's going to be in so I've seen Grealish doing a lot of assisting of the assists lately which would frustrate me a lot and although I think he will be more he'll be in the team more than he's rotated because that's always one thing we look for with with Pep of course but I think Torres for a million, just under a million less, looks better value. Yeah. What I like about Grealish, from what I'm seeing, is he's he sometimes looks a little bit lost, like he's not fully in the system. But the flip side of that, he's, he does look like he's getting into some quite advanced positions. Definitely. So there was, there was two or three times when the ball came in the Arsenal game and he was kind of standing just behind Torres or just behind, but like, you know, right in the, like nearly on the line at times. So he has definitely been tasked with getting forward. I think what I really like about the Greedy signing is that other than Mares really, they haven't really got too many players that can like really beat a man and just dribble the ball and just take it past. Like they've got some really clever pass of the ball and stuff. Mm. But in terms of like these pure take ons, Greedish is one of the best, I think, in world football of, of doing that. So 
He'll also win a lot of free kicks, which when KDB's back will be ideal for them. Absolutely, because he gets the ball and he drives and he drives. And the only way to stop him a lot of the time is just to hack him down. And you see, you see, you see, it, you see it happening week on week. He's the most foul player in the Premier League last season. Yeah, yeah. And in the Euros, I think he was as well. And he, he barely played. So, yeah, I, I really like that kind of that element. And I think he's 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 fantastic for them. But I, I agree. I'm, I'm amazed they didn't get they didn't get a striker and they're going to be relying on false nines again but I guess that's kind of just what, what Pep likes to see um, so how would you rate I mean you're basically rating the sign of Jack Grealish here how would you rate their their transfer window well, and the fact they didn't get a striker I think this so this is a difficult one because I think the signing of Jack Grealish is good but the fact they haven't got a striker brings it right back down again so I, I think Grealish you could give you could arguably say that's a 9 out of 10 signing but the fact they haven't got a sign a striker which is what they really needed probably brings them back down to sort of an eight for me. An eight is quite high still. I just think Grealish is really good. He is really good. I think good. The, the signing of Grealish is really good. It has strengthened them um, and he has made a big difference already. And I think when KDB's back, he'll make an even bigger difference because of winning free kicks and that kind of stuff. But you can't go higher than... I would have given it a nine. If they hadn't have been in for a striker at all and hadn't tried to sign one and failed, I probably would have said just getting Grealish is a nine out of ten. But because of where we are and because they have failed to sign the one player that they really needed it, you've got to bring it down a bit I think the funniest thing is they've actually lost a striker this window in Jesus because he's gone over to the right wing and Aguero <laughs> and, well obviously yeah Aguero's gone so you think okay the backup striker is going to step up oh no wait no he wants to be a winger now so now we literally <laughs> don't have anyone <laughs> they've got Rory Delap's son and that's about it um, it's the fact that they've not only has Hazy said, I don't want to be a striker on a player on the wing. Pep hasn't even seemingly tried to stop him from no, playing out on no, the wing. No. He's just gone, all right, then you play right, on yeah. the wing. You do what you want. And he's done really well there. So it's kind of he hard, has to, done really well kind there. hard to fault it. I'll give him a seven. I think they they need they needed to get a striker just to convert some of these chances. But I guess they're just all in on the Haaland basket now. They're putting oh my God. I tell you what, the next that. summer surely is going to be. I was really surprised they didn't go in for Lewandowski at the end, mm. at the death. Really surprised, given that I know it's a hundred million. That's what they said they wanted for him. But I thought when they lost Kane and then apparently lost Ronaldo, I thought surely they're going in on Lewandowski. Surely, don't yeah. know. Yeah, he, I, I think I, I think it's all about Haaland. I think he Haaland so. fits the transfer policy of that club to the T. You know, young player. You know, they want to get as many years out of him as possible. I, 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 they're going to have competition from other sides, but it's a pretty attractive. That's it. Will he go there? Because Man United are surely going to want him as well. Chelsea have already sniffed about, although I don't know if they will next summer because they've got Lukaku now. There's going to be a lot of big clubs in for Haaland next summer. It's who can afford him, really. I mean, Madrid yeah. Madrid are almost certainly going to get Mbappe, you know, for free now, now that they've turned down that, that thing. So he's not going to go to Real Madrid, you wouldn't have thought. PSG, I mean, I mean, possibly if Mbappe goes, he could be the one that they go for. I mean, Pep's leaving, isn't he? He's, he's said he's going he's to leave when his contract ends. So if, if they're twenty three, right? Yeah. So if if Mbappe, if Haaland's, you know, wants to join a long term project with Pep, he's not going to get that because he's going to be gone in in a couple of years. Yeah. So it's not a guarantee that he's he's going to sign for them. But yeah, interesting. Um, I'll mm. give him, I'll give him a seven for their transfer window dealings. I absolutely love Jack Grealish, but I do too. Yeah, I think they they definitely need a striker. Uh, United, big big spenders, took in twenty six million, spent one hundred and twenty six million pounds. Ooh. I know. Uh, second to Arsenal on the net, under hundred million spent, but ninety nine point eight one, not far off. Uh, FIFA signings, I've described this as. It's like when you 
start a career mode on FIFA and you just buy a load of players who you want. Sancho came in, 76 million. Varane, 36 million. Ronaldo from Juventus, 13.5. <laughs> oh, and Tom Heaton came in on a free transfer. Remember Tom Heaton? Do you remember how good he was for Burnley and our FPL teams a few years ago? Again, this is another random one, though, isn't it? That's another English English name on this team yeah. sheet, isn't it? Like, that's that's what that is about. Um, this is the total opposite of Arsenal splashing the cash this window, because even if they'd have come out of this just having signed Sancho and Varane and Heaton, you'd have been like, that's a good window for United. To then be offered Ronaldo at the death mm. and go all in for him, I... Love it. Like, I love the romanticness of a player returning to a club. It was the same with Bale last season. Henri as well, when he came back and scored. It is, there's something about it, isn't there? Something, even as a non-Man United fan, I love it. Like, I'm here for it. Um, I think it's a great window for them. I think, I think on paper it is anyway. Like, whether Ronaldo comes back and is all things to all men again, in the same way that he was last time he was there. Let's see, he's a lot older now. Um, can he keep up with the pace of the Premier League? But he's not a midfielder anymore. He's a forward, so that'll help. Varane, I think, has got real potential, but didn't play a lot of games over the last few seasons. So can he keep up with the level of matches that Manchester United are going to have this season? But then again, they do have plenty of other players to play and rotate around. So I think it's a good window. It's Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fantastic window. I mean, the, the main weakness they didn't address was a sort of defensive mid centre mid I mean McTominay's injured now and Fred Fred isn't up to it like no. I think everyone's everyone knows that Fred is, is is not up to it you know they're putting Pogba back at centre mid now and he's he's not really I mean a, a midfield two of Pogba and Fred just just isn't it's not secure enough it's, there's too many no. worries about about them so that is something they they need to address probably next next year but they've just got so much attacking talent now I mean you know, and these are players they needed. They needed a decent centre forward. They needed a right winger, and they needed a centre back. So they have not only are they three great players, but they were weaknesses they've addressed that come in. So you talk about being the opposite of Arsenal's window, and I completely agree. Spent about the same money, not only addressed the weaknesses they've got with first team players to come in, but you know, sole weaknesses that they that they had. So yeah, I, th- I think it's absolutely fantastic. Sancho's a really interesting one. I do wonder if if as the season progresses, we're going to see more people going to him I mean Ronaldo's you know 12 million 12.5 million on, on FPL so he's going to have to deliver sort of week in week out Fernandez, we think is probably not going to be such a good option do you reckon Sancho 9.3 9.4 million could be a factor in our season I think he probably will mm. it's just a timing factor isn't it and I think you know a lot of people are talking about selling Bruno to fund Ronaldo because of the route to points thing that we're expecting if Bruno loses penalties and set pieces and so suddenly we might be in with a situation where not so much now, but when the fixtures shift again for United a little bit later on in the season, we could be in with a situation where we're trying to double up with that Manchester United attack. And Sancho's price is much more helpful in being able to do yeah. that. Yep, completely agree. Uh, rating? Nine. Nine. I'll give them an eight. Which seems what, a little what bit else could they? What else could they have done? They needed a centre. They needed a centre mid. They really yeah. did. But then, wouldn't that have been a ten out of ten for them? If yeah. they got their centre mid, wouldn't that have been a ten? Yeah, it would have been a ten out of ten. Yeah. So maybe maybe eight is a bit harsh. Uh, I'll stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick with it. I think I think it is. It is a great win for them. And there's a lot of pressure now on on Solskjaer to deliver because he's now got a team of superstars and they're not going to settle for 
you know, no trophies and second, third place. He's got to win the yeah. league. I think he's got to win the league with, with the team he's got. It's, it's, you know, he's got to certainly try, hasn't he? Got, he, he? They've got to put up a hell of a fight. They've got to get close. I, I think I think he, he he should be aiming to win the league. With, with the I think it's between got. them and Chelsea this year. You think City are going to fall beyond what because of the lack of striker? Yeah, because I think you look at you look at where the stars are across the Manchester United and Chelsea team, and there isn't. I know we just talked about that central mid, but the players that are really key in terms of goal scoring, Chelsea and Man United have that in abundance. City, there there isn't that one person that's guaranteed to get you 20, 20 mm. goals a season. They spread the wealth, of course, and there'll be goals across that team. But United have got Bruno and Ronaldo and Chelsea have got Lukaku and Man City have got Torres. Like it's, I don't know, just I think they'll be, I think they'll be behind this year. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of Solskjaer, but I think now, given the, the, given the players, I think he might get found out a little bit. Uh, I think he's done great. I think he's stabilised the club. He's saved them from, you know, probably a, a mid-table finish or a couple of mid-table finish or something and rebuilt the side amazingly well and mm. stuff. I think if, if United had Tuchel or Klopp or Pep, they'd win it. They'd win the league this year. I think under Solskjaer, they won't. I think I think they'll they'll come second or, or even third. Uh, this means we're putting match. Liverpool like fourth at this rate. Yeah, I know. I, I think I think it's going to, I think it's between City and, and Chelsea for the title. And then it's between it's between Liverpool and United for third, and I think everyone else is just so far off now. Those those four, I think it's the biggest gap we're going to see um, from fourth to fifth that we're that we're going to see in seen in years. Mm, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, how you doing? You're right. We're an hour in. We've got seven more to go. Feeling good? Come on, let's let's soldier on. <laughs> let's smash for it. Uh, Where are we now? Newcastle. Newcastle. Yes, yeah, it'll be a Hooray. quick one. Uh, one <laughs> signing for Newcastle. Twenty six million. Joe Willock. And then they've got rid of a load of uh, squad players. Atsu, Muto, uh, Jake Turner, Longstaff has gone on loan, which I think is probably quite a good move so we can play. Andy Carroll's released. I haven't got a club at the moment. Um, and Lejeune. I was surprised to see Lejeune go because they haven't exactly got loads of like good quality centre-backs. And I always thought he was kind of all right. So the fact he's he's gone, um, we think on a free transfer, I was a little bit surprised with. But yeah, Newcastle, I mean, Newcastle, Newcastle. I mean, Ashley just didn't want to spend it. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed they got Willock for 26 million. I mean, the reality is he, he wants to sell the club, so he's not really looking to invest in players. Um, I think the Willock signing is good. That's the one thing I will say about this. I do rate Willock. He did make a big impact for them on loan last time around. They just need that club to be under new ownership, and then I think it would be fine. But as a window on itself it's it's <laughs> it's just a bit meh isn't it i think that's probably the perfect way to describe it and i think everyone expected it <laughs> i don't think i don't no one's surprised much, are they i don't think there was much surprise that ashley didn't <laughs> spend loads of money um i think they'll be happy with willock coming in yeah yeah. yeah i don't know i think, I think they'll, they'll, they'll be all right in the league they'll be fine they just need they just They'll be fine, and that's all that will ever happen. They'll just be fine. Yeah. What do you reckon then? Five. Five and a half. I'll give them a four. <laughs> what, the same as Arsenal? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Willock's, Willock's a decent signing, but you could argue that they could they they need a new, I don't know. They need a lot of central, things. They need new central midfielders, a new defender, they need left back, right back. Goal, you know, they you could, they could strengthen the entire squad if they wanted to. But and I think Wilson. they will, but they will, won't they? When 
when somebody who owns the club wants to invest, yeah. so that's the key. I think I think with Newcastle, it's not that they can't invest or can't attract the right players. It's just that they don't want to spend the money at the moment. So with Willock coming in for what he did, I think that's just it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. That's get through the year. That that that's what it is about. I think with with Ashley, isn't it? Let's just get through. Let's just get through yeah. this year. Let's not get relegated. Maybe if they did get relegated, he'd go. So maybe there's a few Newcastle fans I mean they do, but Ooh. I think they'll probably Ooh. survive. Um, Norwich next. So they got quite a bit of money in. I mean, they um, had 24 players leave the club overall, mm. which is a lot. Um, only made, only well, I say only, only made 34 million, but that came from one player, essentially, which was the Buendia sale. Uh, spent 59 million on players, so invested that money and spent another 25 um, Rashika came in from Bremen, Bremen. Uh, Zolis came in for nine million. Josh Sargent from Bremen, so two signings from Bremen for for nine million. Ben Gibson from Burnley, eight million. I'm not even going to try. Demetrius Ginelulis, six point seven five. Uh, yeah, I mean they've, they've Angus Gunn, goalkeeper from Southampton, five point two seven. They got Kabak on loan. They've made Billy Gilmore came in. Brandon Williams. Oh, the list goes on and on and on. You can't say they haven't. You know sign some players to give this a real go this time and mm. I definitely get the sense when they sold Brendia I thought this is going to be another Norwich giving up before the season's even started the signings yeah. they've made though makes me think they are going to give this a real go this year I thought we were going to see a disastrous season from Norwich when I heard that Brendia had gone to Aston Villa I honestly thought they would really struggle with goals with just everything but then actually the way that the summer's gone they've signed some decent players because obviously they've lost one deal. Ollie skips come back to Spurs, two of their really big, important players from last season. And I thought suddenly you've lost the guy that's protecting the back line and you've lost the guy that's being all creative across the attack. So what are you going to do? But 10 permanent signings, four loan deals. You can't say that they've not gone out there and tried to stay in the division. They definitely have. Yeah. They've tried to backfill the positions. I really like Rashika. Um, we went down there to watch them on the opening day against Liverpool. He impressed me so much. He, It's a game against Liverpool, right? So it's never going to be the easiest fixture in the world, but he was so attacking. He was in all the right places. He put in 10 balls, but of those balls he put in, hardly any of them actually made it to Pookie because they just weren't looking for each other yet mm. because it was new, right? And over the course of this season, when the fixtures changed, particularly from game week five, and that relationship starts to be built in the same way that the Pookie Buendia relationship existed. I think they've got enough there with the strengthening that they've done with getting Skip replaced by Gilmore, with bringing in Williams on loan. They're doing the right things to protect the team and to protect their place in the Premier League. Whether it's enough remains to be seen, but this window is a very good start. Mm. They, they've strengthened every area pretty much. They have. I mean, goalkeeper, left back, centre backs, midfield, you know, forward, you know, a substitute for Puki. They've right and left wingers paid 10 million for both sides. So, yeah, they they, re they really have strengthened. I really like um, Brandon Williams. I really like Billy Gilmore. Mm -hmm. I think they're getting, you know, players. I mean, Brandon Williams a few years ago had broken into the Man U side and was playing sort of yeah. fairly regularly. Uh, Billy Gilmore is someone who Chelsea fans absolutely love and, and rate yeah. really highly. You know, and, and Kabak as well was someone really highly rated that, that did okay for Liverpool last season. So, I mean, Kabak going from Liverpool to Norwich, I think, is 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 a hell of a, a, a coup for them. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna score them highly. I think they've I think they've signed some really good players here. Ben Gibson is a player that I like at Burnley mm -hmm. as well. When I've seen him fill in for one of for, for the guys, I'm gonna give him an eight. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I think this could have been a disastrous Absolutely. window. 
It could have been a disaster, but they've invested well with the money they've got. Yeah, I think that the, the, the tricky thing is going to be gelling in these players, like you say, yeah. getting them because they can't spend half a season, you know, misfiring and and not working well together. They, he needs to get them working as a unit quickly. Mm. They're going to pick up points. And like you mentioned, the fixtures turn really nicely for Norwich soon. And they yeah. need to pick up points in those games or they're going to be in trouble. So they need to, yeah. need to get things sorted quickly. Uh, Southampton. Okay, so there's a bit of flack on the chat saying, oh, Southampton had the best... Uh, net positive, uh, not according to transfer market. They took in 57 million, but spent 38 million. So they had a net of 18.95. So just under Villa's uh, 19, so just just under. But yeah, Adam Armstrong came in for nearly 16 million. Uh, Parul came in for 10 million. Uh, Lianco Livramento, my boy from Chelsea, uh, 5.3. He's looking great already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they got rid of, like they always do at Southampton, you know, revolving door comes around. Danny Ings left for 31 million. Vestergaard left. We talked about Guns left. Lamina's left. Bertrand, Hoped, all these guys. And in case you missed it, deadline day move of our 4.5 million forward, Michael Oberfemi, dun, dun, dun. has gone to Swansea. Boo. So there are really now not many 4.5 million. I think Keenan Davis is the last man standing, uh, pretty much. Yeah, what do, you, what do you make of, of Southampton? They're, they just kind of become this side, haven't they, where they, they kind of have a clear up every year and bring in some new players and stuff. And I do wonder when that's going to run out for them. That luck. Well, not luck, but that strategy. I worry, though, don't you? Like, Because every year, it's like their big players go every single year. Last year, it was Hoiberg. This year, it's Ings and Vestergaard. Like, you feel like every year, they've they've got a player or a couple of players who are the, really the heartbeat of the team. And then they disappear off to another Premier League side where they do really well. I think Danny Ings will do really well at Aston Villa and I think Vestergaard at Leicester is, is a good move. But I worry for Southampton. I think they've... Armstrong looks okay. He, he's made a decent enough start to the season. It's going to be very hard to replace Danny Ings mm. um, and he's going to have to bed in quite quickly. Livermento looks good as well. I like the flexibility he has of being able to play in midfield as well as in defence. I just, no, I'm not convinced that they're a better team than they were at the end of June. No, they're, 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 I would say they're almost certainly a weaker side. I think Adam Armstrong's a good player, but he's not as good as Ings. No, exactly. Although he might not be injured as much, so you could argue that they could get more games for him. I, I mm. think losing Vestergaard was a massive blow. That's so close to the start of the season. And they've not really replaced him with another no. key big big figure at the back either. No, he's, he's a giant of a man. And, yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's imposing sort of figure and yeah, they haven't, haven't replaced that. And I think, you know, with, with Danny Ings in your team, you've always got the hope because he's that kind of player to poach a goal from nothing. By losing him, the message isn't ideal to the no. rest of the squad. And, and losing Oberfemi on the, on the final day to, to Swansea as well. I mean, he's a player, he's a quick player. You know, he's got lots of talent. He can come off the bench and, and get something. Um it's weird that one, isn't it? Because it's basically leaving them with Armstrong and Adams. That's who it. Yeah. That, and Adams hasn't been that great over the last few seasons. He's been okay, but he's not been brilliant. Uh, so to lose Danny Ings' goals and then to leave himself with just these two strikers feels a bit odd to me. And Adam Armstrong, is uh, he's done well in the Championship, but he's... It's not un- Premier League unproven, proven. Unproven in the in the Premier League. Mm. Yeah, it, it, I think I think it's a big gamble. I'd, I'd have kept him. Maybe maybe, maybe there was something going on, and he you know he was desperate to leave or you know toys at the pram and all that. But it does seem like a strange a strange mm. move to get him on, on deadline day. 
Um, well, okay, what are you going to give them then? I mean, you know, made 19 million. This is the thing. They always manage to turn a profit every transfer window. But in terms of ins and outs, what, what, you, what are you saying? Four and a half. Four and a half. I'm tempted to give them a little bit higher than that. I, I like Livramento for five million. And I do like Adam Armstrong. I just think they're, they're a worse team now than they were a few months ago. Yeah. And I just, I don't think the players they've bought in are bad, but they've sold good players and... I'm not sure they've replaced with the same level. You give them a four? And a half. A bit better than Arsenal. Four and a half. I'll give them five and a half. <laughs> We're so generous, aren't we? Five and a half. I'll give them five and a half. I do. <laughs> I do. Quite, I think Adam Armstrong will, will be a nuisance for quite a few teams. I think he'll get... Yeah, I think he'll be fine. It's just he's not Danny Ings, is he'll get, it? Um, he'll get him 10, 15 goals, I think, Adam Armstrong in the league. Uh, yeah, mm. we'll see. Uh, right, your boys, Spurs... Twenty-four million pounds came in. Sixty million pounds went out, giving Spurs a net uh, transfer of thirty point seven eight million. You bought Brian Gill from Sevilla. You bought Emerson Royal with the greatest name ever uh, for twenty-two million from Barcelona. Uh, just a fire sale at Barcelona. Anyone they could get rid of, they could. <laughs> they I did. think. Um, Pepe Sarr, uh, fifteen million. I think he's gone straight back out on loan. Yeah. Um, Galini's coming on loan, and Christian Romero on loan. I didn't know he was on loan. I he's bought. on loan with an obligation to okay. buy at the end of the season. So it's about fifty million, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so basically, it's just delaying the inevitable spend until the end of next year. Yep. And then you've had a clear out. So Foyth's gone. Alderweireld's gone. Sissoko went to Watford. Joe Hart, Danny Rose, Eric Lamella, Kataniga, uh, Saar. Aurier went. I didn't know Aurier had gone when I saw this list. Uh, they terminated his contract. Terminated his contract. Wow. My mutual consent last night. Yeah, I did not know that. So, yeah, Tanganga's yeah. obviously now got less, just him and Doherty, right? As, as... Well, Royal. Oh, and Royal, of course. So that's right. Yeah. Back. yeah. So it happened when Royal signed, they right. terminated yeah, Aurier's contract because I suppose we don't need four right backs. So, is that the end of Tanganga then with Royal coming in? Probably yeah. whether whether it's happened straight away or not remains to be seen. But I mean, you don't sign a guy from Barcelona for that level of money and then play Tanganga over him. Yeah, fair enough. Um, more attacking as well this one. So yeah, you, you saw Spurs didn't you against um, Watford? Yeah, went we went to Watford game. Um, yeah, didn't, I must you, admit, Gil and Romero didn't play today, did so you wouldn't. Have Gil seen did. Him. He Gil came did. on for okay. the last ten-ish minutes of the okay. game and was good actually. He played, and I watched him throughout the Olympics and he looked <clears> decent in that in that side. So. I think he's a decent enough signing for the future. He seems to be, he's young, he's fast. I think he will fit in the Spurs style of play, but probably not going to be one that plays week upon week at this point for us. I think Royal will be. And I think FPL have added him at five. So mm. coming in slightly cheaper than uh, Region. So from that perspective, it might be, he, he might be a good option. I think he got eight goals Um in his time at Barcelona, so he has got potential for some mm. attacking, some attacking threat too. Um, I th actually think it's a good window for Spurs. I'm surprised to see us sign as many players as we have. It's been a painful one because we've got some very big, important players that have done very well for the club that have gone out: Toby Alderweireld, Sissoko, those sorts. But it's been a clearance of the wage bill, new fresh talent coming in, and most importantly, kept Harry Kane. Mm. Interesting. I don't think it has been a particularly good window for Spurs. Hmm. I I look at the players you've brought in. I mean, Romero, I haven't really seen too much of him, but he's he's kind of the big name centre-back you've got in. Yeah. Gil left... I mean, Gil basically is Lamella 
from what I've seen, like very left foot. Younger, younger young, Lamella. A, young, a younger Lamella, yeah. Yeah. Um, Emerson Royal's coming in at, at, at right back. Um, is he a huge upgrade on on Tanganga? I mean, Tanganga's had a good start to the season, right? But this is a guy from he Barcelona, has. so you think he, he probably has. And that's about it. And then I look at the players you've got rid of, and you, you talk about Southampton. Like, do, you, do you think you're in a much stronger position now, like your squad, than you were at the end of last season? Um... Do I think we're in a much stronger position? I don't think we're in a weaker position. I think a lot of the players that we've got rid of off the wage bill aren't players that regularly started. Um, They are a lot of players that were kind of taking up wages that we can use now to increase the wages of the bigger players who obviously we're going to need to in order to keep them happy because certain people need new contracts. Um, So by getting these guys off the wage bill and also by changing the atmosphere i think what we're seeing with nuno is is a total rebuild and it's what has been really needed at spurs for a while he's taken out a lot of the old guard and then replaced them with talent that's coming through in the future because actually the spurs attacking players on the pitch i don't really think we needed an upgrade in any of those areas we've got some decent attacking players Mm. we've obviously had ollie skip come back from a very successful loan at norwich and has fitted into that central defensive midfield role next to hoiberg really well the Ramiro signing, I think, is one that's going to be really positive for us. I think that will really strengthen our defensive line. I don't know much about Royal, um, but we were very keen on him quite a long way for quite a long time during this window. And I'm glad to see that went over the line yesterday because I don't think Tanganga, as much as I like him, I don't think Tanganga is what we need if we're going to be a really solid mm. defensive unit with attacking threat down the wings, which is what Nuno wants because Tanganga cannot offer attacking threat down the wing he can offer security at the back but Mm. he can't offer the attacking threat so I think what we've done is we've replaced the areas where we needed it we've got rid of the players that were kind of coming to the end of their natural cycle at Spurs anyway Um, and it's it's a painful rebuild but I don't think the team is any weaker in fact I think the defense is stronger as a result of it yeah, I mean, you look at the age of the players you brought in. Gill's 20, Royal's 22, yeah. Bessar, highly rated, 18, um, Romero's 23. And you've got rid of Ida Vireld, who's 32, Sissoko, 32, uh, Danny Rose, 30, Labella, mm. 29. Yeah, so Aurier's 28, for example. So, yeah, you've definitely brought in younger talent. I just I just worry that I look at Spurs' squad, like I, I looked at them against the Watford game, and it's just Son and Kane are just so by far, and, and maybe Regulon as well. They're just so by far the best players in that side. And yeah. Deli Alley and Skip in midfield, I mean, Skip's good, but is he like... You, I just felt like you were quite a way off where you were a few years ago, basically. You know, you know when you had the likes of Ericsson and Ali at peak form. Yeah, and Kane I, I mean, and I, don't, and... I don't disagree with that, actually, but I think we are... For, we where are you, the, for where you are now, it's... We're at the beginning of a yeah. new cycle and and with that comes painfulness at times because you're going to get rid of players that actually have a lot of emotional You must be used to that value. as a Spurs fan now, Sam. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> I'm more used to this. But I am... But this time around, I'm watching what's happening and I can see why it's happening. Like, I can see the, the rationale behind what Nuno's doing. There appears to be a plan and what he is publicly saying matches what you can see us doing in the window, which is something that is highly unusual for Spurs. Like normally what Mourinho was saying and what we were doing Mm. were totally different things that with Nuno, you can see what he says trying to be translated on the pitch. And he does seem to have the buy-in of these players. So 
these players coming in, they're young. They are they are the start of something for the future. So I don't see Spurs challenging this season. But if we can rebuild this season and use it as a springboard for the future, which I think this window puts us in the right place for, it's an okay window. I think we've done all right. Three wins in three. Must be top some, of the league. It's got top of the league. Must be some method of madness. <laughs> uh, go on then. What's your rating? You're going to give them score, score them quite high then? Um, there's no like star signing in there. There's no big name. Like last year, obviously, Bale came back on loan. Like there's none of that this year. It's very sensible. What we need, safe pair of hands. So I'm probably tempted to go seven and a half. Seven and a half. I will give them a six. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not too impressed but yeah and what the rationale you said makes sense i think yeah when you look at the players who've gone it was it was needed wasn't it these, these guys aren't going to be the ones to take you forward and hopefully some of the players that you you have now can do yeah um watford so watford have spent by far the least of all of the promoted clubs mm. uh 13 million they took 16 million they spent which gives them 3 million net in the red uh, their biggest signing was Imran Loser, central midfielder from Nantes in League One. Uh, Dennis, Dennis the Menace, I literally cannot stop myself. I have to call him that. Uh, from Bruges for three million, who's made a good start. And Suzoko's joined uh, for three million. So only really three sort of major sort of transfer signings there. Uh, Danny Rose came in from free. They got Josh King on a free from Everton. Uh, two fan from Fenerbahce. Do you reckon they've got enough? I'm sceptical. Yeah, I am too, to be honest. I think they looked all right when I watched them live against Spurs. They looked all right. Attacking-wise, they're, they've got some decent players in there. I thought um, Kucha Fernandes, when he came on, was really good. Sars obviously great. Um, so going forward, I, I don't think they're going to have too many problems. I mean, they've got enough. He's left. He's left. They've got enough forwards to be all right. I think they've still got seven. Yeah. Mm, so they're, they're all right. Um, my worry for them is defensively, like I... I just don't think that they've, I don't know, defensively I worry for Watford. They don't seem to have the backup. Um, Backman made some mistakes against Spurs, obviously. Yeah, I don't think it's been the best window, but they have bought, like Sissoko isn't the best attacking player, but he will do a job for them and probably the sort of job that they needed. So maybe he is the right sort of player, a bit of um, Premier League experience amongst the the new guys they've bought. Mm. I mean, against Villa, I mean, they've got three goals, you know, won that game 3-2. They started really well, didn't they? Game Game week two, I mean, they were absolutely awful against us, Mm. against Brighton, you know, losing 2-0, barely had any threat whatsoever. Uh, looks like they put up more of a fight against against you with Spurs. They did. They did put up a fight against Spurs and, and they were all right. Um, Spurs were not clinical. That's the other thing. They let them off a few mm. times with goals that they really should have scored. I just do worry a little bit. There needs to be some consistency in the starters. Like we're seeing a lot of changing around with Watford at the moment in terms of who's playing up top in particular. Um I think it's an it's just an it's an okay window. There's a lot of names coming in, but are they are they the right ones? I don't think it's a good window at all. I think I think it's a, a pretty appalling window for a newly promoted side to come up and not strengthen anywhere. Like goalkeeper, defence, Sizoko. You think it's because they've just gone down and they were like, you know, 
Because it's not been that long since Watford were last in the Premier League. Do you think they've come up with that well, kind this of... Is Watford, isn't it? They are such a yo-yo type side. Yeah. Norwich are in danger of being that. Villa, Villa were that for a little bit as well. West Ham have been that in the past. It's You kind of need to solidify yourself in the league a bit. And mm. they're obviously keeping faith in the team that got them through the Champions I think they had the best defensive record in the Champions League last, did. last yeah. season. But I look at their defence and think, you know, they signed Danny Rose. He isn't, I don't think he's played yet. Um, he played in the League Cup and yeah. actually got man of the match in that game, okay. was was good in that game, but hasn't played in the Premier League yet. Um, and if I'm really brutally honest, I'm not sure Danny Ings, as, uh, Danny Ings, Danny Rose has got the match fitness yet yeah. to play week upon week in the Premier League. Like he's going to take a lot of work. He's been out of the game for what, since he played for Newcastle? What was that, 1920 when he went on loan there? Yeah. It's going to take a bit of time for him to be back up to scratch, isn't it? 1920, like we're going back to like 100 years. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, been a long feels, time. It feels, feels that long. <laughs> I, 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 my prediction is I, I think Watford could end up as the whipping boys in, in the league. Ooh. I think they, you know, they've had that they've had that good win against Villa, but that is a Villa side who are massively under strength and new signings and Grealish out and the first home game and all that. I just don't think, I just don't think they've got the squad at all to compete. I think they're the weakest team in the league. Um, it's interesting because I thought that they would be defensively really solid. Having watched them a lot in the championship last year, I was like, you know, they're going to come up and be defensively solid. They'll concede goals because, of course, the championship is very different to the Premier League. But I thought that they would be defensively more solid than they have been. And, I, and they've, they've strengthened it in terms of they've added players to their defence. But it just doesn't seem capable of, of keeping clean sheets in the same way that it was last season. Two out of ten. <gasps> worst transfer window of all 20 teams for me yeah. wow that's harsh big statement right I just think you've got you've got to look at a team when, when they need it well, you know they need they need signings I think they came up and they're relying too much on, on players who they're going to be relying too much on their defensive form and the, the, the league the Premier League attack is so much better than the championship and that just goes without saying and they're just mm. going to get torn apart they're going to get absolutely torn apart. In, in, in the, the fixture run they've got now is crucial. If they've got any chance of staying up, they've got to they've got to get some wins. Can't see it. So I think I'd be inclined to give them a three and put them alongside Liverpool because I think they have at least tried to strengthen their squad while Liverpool almost acted as if the window was not. Yeah, I mean, my, exist. My, my argument would be that Liverpool have got a strong squad and they've got players coming back from injury who strengthen it further. Whereas yeah. Watford don't have a particularly good squad and their only real signings are Dennis and Sissoko. Dennis massively unproven, Sissoko 32 years old, a bit of a <laughs> liability mm. at times. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. I just, I look at them and think, well, at least you've tried. You've tried to sign some people. I don't think you've got the right ones. I don't think they've tried hard enough, Sam. I mean, the only oh. benefit they have got is they kept Saar. But I wonder if teams even really tried to get him because I didn't see any rumours about him, really. Yeah. Shocked you, my rating, isn't it? This one has. <laughs> I w- uh, yeah. I wasn't expecting you to be quite as harsh on Watford as you have been, but <laughs> I am struggling to disagree with you, to be honest. Bottom bottom of the league, my prediction. Oh, you think they're going to come 20th? Yeah. Bottom of the league. Wow. Worst team in the league, I think. Poor old Watford. I know. Uh, do you know what I didn't? When I put their badge on the screen, I didn't even know they had a moose on their screen. I would just assume they had like a, a, a hornet, but they don't. They have a moose. Did you know that? <laughs> I did know that because they're my okay. local team. So that Watford are just down the road from us, so I did know uh, that. Okay. Um, but 
um yeah i think most people kind of assume that they'll have a hornet yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you never hear them called the mooses do you <laughs> <laughs> arguably a better name i'd be more intimidated by a a moose than a, than a hornet. Anyway, I think we've done an hour and a half. And we're both going a bit, uh, bit delayed. Oh, loopy. Two, two left, two left. West Ham, West Ham. So they've taken two million in income. They've spent sixty-seven million pounds. West Ham, which is a lot of money. So Moyes is being heavily backed. I think at the start of last season they hadn't bought anyone, or, or they maybe no, maybe I'm getting that wrong. They had, they've got Ben Rama in, didn't they? So he, he was a fairly big outlay. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't think they, they spent huge amounts of money. But yeah, 64 million they've spent. Zoom has come in, massive signing for them, 31 million, strengthens the back line. Uh, Vlasic, the Croatian, 27 million. Alex Crow, another Czech. Uh, Craig Dawson, they've made his loan permanent. And Ariola from uh, Paris Saint Germain on loan. Oh, I think this is a hell of a good window for West Ham. Thoughts? West Ham needed a good window, is my honest view, because obviously they've got a very, very big season coming up with their Europa League commitments, as well as trying to maintain it in the Premier League, because that's where that's where things fall apart, isn't it, for clubs? You get clubs that are, they have a good season, they end up in a Europa League spot, and then they find it really hard, like Wolves a couple of years ago, they find it really hard to maintain both things. So you need to have a good window, and you need to make sure that the players that you bring in are going to allow you to have success in both competitions and I think West Ham have done that hmm. yeah absolutely and I think you know I'm, I was looking at the, the, the team the West Ham team has been playing the last few weeks and I've been thinking you're a centre-back away from really challenging like yep. top six I think and, and where does it Zuma, come from I have like, no idea because you know <laughs> I'm, I'm not being funny but when they appointed David Moyes I thought what on earth has happened here like David Moyes I, you know so they went from Pellegrini one of the most respected managers in world football to David yeah. Moyes, who was a bit of a laughing stock. Uh, exactly. And around. I was in my head thinking, and then at the start of last season, obviously they had COVID troubles and I, and they started so badly last year. And then they went from strength to strength and they attracted the right players and they've had a good window. Were you surprised with without Lingard? Were you expecting that to happen? Yeah, I was. I, yeah. Really, I really was. I thought he'd really be pushing for it. But I didn't really ever get the sense that he was. I think he's almost happy to be the kind of squad player at, at United. And I mean, he's never going to feature with Greenwood and Sancho there on the right. Now he's. I mean, I'm amazed that he hasn't gone somewhere. I think he. Probably, yeah. I think he probably will in January again. Um, but yeah, I, I just look at the recruitment of West Ham, and they've never had a particularly good reputation for buying good players. And they're they're the transfers they've made over the last couple of years under Moyes has been really, really strong. And I look at all of these players on this list and I think, yeah, this benefits West Ham massively. Centre-back, straight into the first team. Vlasic, great competition for Ben Rama. You know, great yeah. competition for, for Bowen and everyone on the right. Crowd, they need someone if Suchek gets injured. Now they've got that kind of like defensive ability. Greg Dawson, done so well for them last year. Ariola, great competition for Fabianski. It's a great, great window for them. I really think it is. I'm giving them a nine. I think it's up there. I, I definitely think it's up there. I... I'm tempted to go in just below Man United. I gave Man United a nine. And I think, or did we give Manchester United a 10? No, we, I think we gave Chelsea, Chelsea a 10, a 10 didn't 10. we? Yeah. And I think they're just slightly underneath Man United. So I'm going to give them an 8.5 on that basis. I think they've had a brilliant window. Had they got Jesse Lingard as well, I think that would have been almost perfect. Mm. But I think what they've done gives them a really good chance of doing really well in the Premier League. And in the Europa League this season, I think they signed a left back as well, who's on this list. Maybe I cut him off because there's there was there was some talk that they could shift to uh, wing backs again. 
because they've signed this left back. So Creswell can now play in you know central defence with with um, Ogbonna and Zuma, uh, and then we could see Soufal pushed up a bit further, and this new wing back pushed up a bit too. So yeah, he's not on the list for some reason, but they they have definitely bought a left back. I'm sure they have. Um, right, final team. We're nearly done, Sam. The marathon is nearly over. Uh, not as bad as Chris's seven hour stream. I know though. that was that was absolutely crazy, wasn't it? <laughs> I still I still can't believe that he did that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wolves. So Wolves, obviously new manager came in. Cardi called this a rebuild. Well, I suppose you can. 14 came in. Sorry, uh, 16 came in, 14 left. Uh, but 23 million they spent, 28 million they mm-hmm. took. So they're in the green, 4.68. Um, 8 Nori was their biggest signing, 9.9 million. Saar replaced Patricio, 7 million. Uh, Mosquera, centre-back, who I think has gone back out on loan. Uh, Trincao on loan from Barcelona. It looks good. And their newest signing was He Chan Huang from Leipzig. Very, very poor goal-scoring record, but apparently is a real bully and plays up front with Son for the South Korean team. And they're actually, I've seen quite a few Wolf fans quite excited about him. Um, so, yeah, what do you make of this? New manager, attacking style, played three, played well in all three games, got no goals and no points, but there's definitely returns coming for them, surely. You know, it's funny because I just recorded a video for the family channel this morning about um, fixture swings and Wolves are right up there. Their fixtures for the next five weeks are really nice. And having watched the Wolves games over the last couple of weekends, they've been so unlucky not to return something. Um, And I think, you know, it always takes a bit of time, doesn't it, with new managers to kind of, get into a situation where everybody knows what's expected, but he seems to have got them knowing what they need to do and doing what he wants them to do. Just, we haven't had the returns yet. Mm. So what have they had? Um, Third for goal attempts. We have 57 so far. Only City and Liverpool have had more top for block shots with 21. They've only conceded uh, 27 shots. Only City have conceded less than them in the first three game weeks. So they're doing everything right defensively. And going forward, they've only conceded one goal in each game. They just haven't scored any goals yet. But they're surely going to come. Trinko, I think he looks great. Mm. Really great. If, if Traore, now they've kept him, that's a big part of this as well. They've kept Traore, who's who's huge for them. If he can start finishing his dinner, and with Jimenez now back, that's like having a new signing again this, this season. They could do really well. They're going to be more attacking. We've seen that already. They're really trying to push forward. Um, I quite like what they've done in this window. I, I can see where the new manager wants to take them with the kind of signings he's brought in. Yeah, no, I I, I like him as well. Um, I think it's you know it's hard when you when you come to a new club and you want to stamp your style. I I think he's done that really quickly and he's got them playing the way he wants, like you say, in, in almost just a pre-season. So you've got to give yeah. him credit for that. I think the the problem they're having is that Traore cannot finish, and that isn't new information. We all knew that. No. But also Jimenez has seemingly forgotten how to score uh, as well. And obviously he's coming mm. back from the, the injury and, and things. But if you look at the amount of shots he's having, they're, they're both of them are having so many shots. Yeah. You look at their accuracy and it's so low. So they need to start just putting shots on target and then the goals should come. And I assume that's what they're working on kind of behind the scenes. Um, he Chang Wang's an interesting one. I don't think he's going to be a, an FPL option. But I think he, he's going to provide sort of cover for, for Jimenez, maybe give him a bit of a rest every now and then. Um, or if they play up front together, then he should be good foil for him to, to stay more advanced. Yeah. Decent window for Wolves, though. I'm going to give him, I'm not going to go too high. I'm going to give him a, I'll give him a seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm tempted to put him in with Spurs and give him a seven and a half. I think, I think they've, 
with these clubs with new managers, if you can see what the manager's trying to achieve in the window, and with Nuno, it strengthened the defence. With Wolves, it their attacking play has improved here. You can see where they're trying to go with, with the team for the future. So I think it's a fairly good start. Yep. And they kept Traore, kept Neves as well, who was, I think, linked with Spurs for a bit. Um, yeah, isn't I mean, everyone? Yeah, isn't everyone? Yeah, they've, I think they've 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 done enough this this window to have a respectable finish. I don't think they're going to yeah. be pulling up trees, but I think you know they top half of the table maybe nine. Oh yeah, should pushing, be pushing for eight something like that. Should be yeah. Sam, that is it. All twenty teams done. If you're if you're still here, if you watch this all, consider chucking us a like, subscribe to the channel. Definitely need a cup of tea. Uh, also consider joining uh, the Fantasy Scout members, um, premium member. You get members articles, you get season ticker, you get weekly uh, projections, you get the transfer planner, members videos from Mark, loads of great stuff uh, as well. So yep, consider signing up to that. But for now, Sam, let's go have a cup of tea. I hope you've all enjoyed this video. I know a lot of you have disagreed with our ratings and disagreed with the, even disagreed with the transfer figures that I got from a website um, online. So yeah, apologies if you were offended by any of that. Uh, but Sam, thank you so much for trooper troopering on with me. And we'll be back for the Q 